Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate your service. Thank you, those who continue to uh, pray and support our beloved brothers and sisters in California with the raging fires that are out there, especially the Thousand Oaks area that had that tragic shooting, and then that same area that's been affected by the fires. Uh, thank you for your just support, and those that continue to support those who have been affected by Michael, that relief effort continues, and uh, we just appreciate the generosity of this place, that we are here, and we are blessed, and we are blessed to be a blessing. That's why we're here. The Bible is a book of um, miracles and a book of blessing. It's a book that renews our mind. We believe here at Hope, uh, teaching through the scriptures. In fact, on Wednesdays, we're constantly teaching through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And as we teach through the Bible, we come across some themes that are very important. For example, faith is a very important theme in the Bible. Faith is mentioned in the Bible around 246 times, a lot of times, something we should know about. Hope, also important, a little less though, it's mentioned about 185 times. How many know hope's an important thing here? <laughs> Church of hope. Love is mentioned more than faith and hope. Love is mentioned 733 times. One person's really into love here. Very glad for you. Let's see if you're excited about this one. Giving. Get this. Giving is mentioned in the Bible more than faith, hope, and love combined 2,285 times. And that's what we're talking about in this month of thanksgiving. We're talking about generosity. We're talking about giving. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, it's there in your study guide or you want to open your Bible. 2 Corinthians says, Paul's writing to his beloved church that he started. And he writes to them and says, uh, since you excel in so many ways in your faith as a proud pastor, I'd, I'd like to say that about this church. Thank you for excelling in your faith. Thank you for excelling in your knowledge, growing in your knowledge. Thank you for excelling in your enthusiasm. Are there any enthusiastic people here today? He complimented them for their enthusiasm. And in your love. Where's that love person? Just checking that out. Thank you for excelling in your love. Now, since you excel in all of those ways, Paul says, I want you to also excel in this gracious act of giving. I want you to excel in generosity because generosity is the expression of faith. Generosity is the expression of hope. And generosity is the expression of love. You can't love without giving. So we're going to look today at some Bible principles that show how giving causes us to grow because that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to excel, to move forward in this area. And generosity and giving certainly causes us to grow and accelerate and excel. So here's a few things from the scriptures we're going to look at. And the first one is this. When we are generous and when we are giving, we actually become more and more like the Lord because the Lord is incredibly generous. 
James chapter 1 says, God is generous to everyone. How many know that you are included in that? <laughs> You're in everyone. He, in everyone, he expresses his generosity. Why is that? Well, because the Bible says that God is love. And you cannot love without giving. When I, when I fell in love with Darla many years ago, I couldn't keep any money in my pocket because I was in love. Even now, many years later, whatever she, if I can possibly get it for her, I love her, I want to give to her. In fact, I've given her so much that, that this next month and a half, I'm going to be in a panic. Because we're going to come up to Christmas, and I'm going to be praying, oh, God, I hope somebody has invented something in the last year that she doesn't have, but I could give to her because I still love her. Because giving is generosity. Generosity flows out of a heart of love, and that's how God is towards us. He is incredibly generous. First Chronicles says that everything we have, is amazing. Everything we have has come from you, Lord. Everything we have. He, God, it is God's great pleasure to give. And so when we also become generous, we become more like the Lord. When we talk about becoming a tither to the ministry, it's not a giving campaign. It's a growth campaign. We want to see you grow. When we talk about and there's Kingdom Builder envelopes on your seats. We're going to talk about that. When we talk about giving offerings, Kingdom Builder gifts, it's not about a giving campaign. It's about a growth campaign because when we give, we become more like the Lord. And the more and more this church becomes like the Lord, the more and more we influence this world with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So giving causes us to be more like the Lord. The second thing we're going to note is that giving actually brings you closer than you are right now. Every time you're generous, every time you give, you're getting closer to God because you're giving God your heart. We talk about giving our hearts to God, opening our hearts to God. Well, Jesus teaches us that where our treasure is, our heart is. Our heart and our finances are you can't separate them. They're indistinguishable. In fact, we can tell the things that you really value, the things you really love, if we looked at your expenses where you spent or gave or invested your money over the last year. Uh, if you love boating, you may have put money into a boat. I feel sorry for you if you did that. Because if you put money into a boat, you keep on putting money into a boat. Boats are like the black hole of finance. In fact, I've, I've been told that boat owners have two happy days. The day they buy their boat and the day they sell their boat. But that shows you what you value. Maybe you value a car and you invested in it. Maybe you value stocks, bonds. Maybe you value, wherever you put your finances, you're putting your heart. 
And that's why when God looks down at generous sons and generous daughters, he smiles and goes, oh, they're getting closer to me. They're becoming more like me. There's a, there's a, a, a daughter. There's one of my daughters who's giving generously. There's one of my sons who's giving generously. It actually brings our heart closer to our Lord. If you invest in a particular stock, you watch it. If you're not invested in it, you don't care. You don't look at it. But, but when you put money, what's that car guy? Tesla. You know that guy that smoked marijuana. Right? He, he remember, he was like, he, stock was going, going so great. Then he smoked marijuana. And if you had, if you had Tesla stock, you were upset at him because he smoked that marijuana. Why? Because you had money there, and you were watching it go up, and you were happy, and then you wiped it down, and you were sad. You watch it because that's you. A little bit of your heart was there, your finance was there. So wherever you, if you if you value God's house, God's kingdom, you invest into it. It shows where your heart is, and you then you watch it to see how successful it's doing and how good it's doing. And when we give, we are close to God. When we give, we're closer to God. When we give, we're becoming more like Him. The third one is a big issue. It's a big issue for uh, this community that we live and and this country that we live in. How many of you live in America? Materialism is a huge thing. And generosity and giving breaks the grip. That's a carefully chosen word. It breaks the grip of materialism. Because there are all kinds of people in this community and in this country, and it's not just exclusive to America. Bless you. Or maybe that was an amen that I didn't really get. But Generosity breaks that grip. Because we live in a culture that, that just keeps accumulating stuff. There's almost like a thinking, though. The one that dies with the most toys wins. But that's not true. The one who dies with the most toys dies. <laughs> the Bible says you can't serve both God and money at the same time. In fact, the Bible calls it a, a spirit, mammon. And there's a, a grip of materialism that it gets a hold of people and it guides all of their choices and their decisions. And every time I give, I'm saying, I'm not trusting in the material things of this world. I'm trusting in the Lord. There are 38 parables in the Bible, 38 parables, 38 stories, and over half of them are about being generous. Over half of the parables are about giving. Why? Because materialism didn't start in this century, even in Jesus' day. In every age, there's materialism, and generosity overcomes it. The Bible says, as Paul writes to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's a beautiful thought. That the stuff, it's okay to have stuff. 
It's for your enjoyment. Just don't let stuff have you. It's okay to have possessions. Just don't let possessions have you. Don't be possessed by your possessions. And the way to overcome that is by generosity, by giving. Come remember, remind those people who are rich that God has given them everything for their enjoyment, but command them, which is pretty strong language, to be generous and be willing to share. In this way, they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Don't settle for a life that's not life. That's what he's saying. Don't settle for something less. Learn that generosity breaks the grip of materialism and allows you to truly live life. The happiest people on the planet are the most generous people. Whenever you meet somebody, we have bell ringing, so that's going on in the, in the I hope you sign up for bell ringing. I talked to a guy after the first service, and he was bell ringing, and he got heckled. He got heckled for his bell ringing. A guy came out of the store. Now, this is never, I've rang bells every year. I've never had this experience. But he was, a guy came out and yelled at him. Ah! And he said, what are you doing? He said, if I have to listen to you ring that bell, I'm going to let you listen to my yelling. He said, what a sad soul. I bet you he wasn't very happy. Because he was stingy. Stingy people are not happy. Because they're gripped by materialism. So faith helps us to shake that off. And watch this. I mean, generosity helps us to shake that off. It also helps us to grow in our faith, which is the key thing that we want to happen around here. We want people to grow in their faith. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. That's a lot of them. If there's one for whatever you need today, there's a promise. There's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. And the subject that is most connected with promises from God is generosity and giving. More promises are tied to generosity. Why? Because generosity is the acid test. Do you have faith? Generosity. Do you have hope? It's going to express in generosity. Do you have love? It's going to express in generosity. There are just promises after promises after promises. Philippians 4.19, maybe you've claimed this promise. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches that are in glory. That promise is given to generous people. The Philippian people were generous people. That's why they were able to stand on that promise. Or maybe you've claimed this promise. Maybe you know this scripture from uh, Proverbs chapter 3 that says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. A few lines later it says, give God the first portion of your income and you will be blessed. Tied together. Or do you believe the blessing of Malachi 3? I believe it. That when you tithe and you become a tither to ministry, that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you cannot contain. I'm still trying to get there. So far, I think I've been able to contain everything. But I'm waiting for that moment. I can't contain it. That's a promise. Or how about this promise? That Jesus says that when you give to Jesus, when you give, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So each time we give, we're saying, you know what? I trust you. 
I trust your word. When you say it, Lord, I believe it, and that is the very essence of faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that this is the proof. This is the proof of your faith. Many people will praise God because you obey the good news of Christ, the gospel you say you believe, and because you freely share with them and with all others. In that same chapter, Paul writes and says, Everyone must make up in his own mind how much he should give. For cheerful givers are the ones that God prizes. God is able to make it up to you. There's a promise. By giving you everything you need and more so that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over. I thought there'd be an amen there. That was a good place for amen. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for the plenty left over. Plenty left over to joyfully give to others. That you'll be blessed with more than enough. That means that when I read these promises, I don't have to pray. Like there's certain things you don't have to pray about in life. I don't have to say, oh Lord, I wonder if you want me to be generous. It's a promise. He says, generosity will build your faith. I don't, I don't, have, to, I don't have to pray, oh Lord, should I be a, a tithing person? Jesus says in Matthew 23, 23, I should tithe. So Jesus says it, I'm going to do it. It's an instruction, a promise that God gives to me. So I don't have to pray about it. I, just, I don't have to pray about giving offerings. I do have to pray about how much my offering should be, which I'm going to encourage you to do, and not to do it out of compulsion. I, I always tell people when we talk about giving and generosity, if you ever feel like someone is twisting your arm, then don't, do, don't give at that moment because that's not healthy. Your head is still processing it all. When it flows naturally from your heart, that's a blessed gift. And that's a, a gift of faith. And it's the gift of faith that God blesses. So faith is increased and built as we give generously. The oh, What number are we on? Five? Oh, five. The fifth thing that happens when we're generous, it is the only way the only way that we can invest in eternity. When we give, when you gave a moment ago, or maybe before you leave, you'll give. When you give, there is an investment that's given, and it's an investment in eternity. If you've been around church very long, you probably have heard somebody say that you never see a, a hearse hauling a U-Haul. Right? You never see that because... You can't. I don't care how much you have. You can't take it with you. Do you know that if, if, you, uh, if you get a suit from, uh, from a funeral service, like if you say, I'd like to be buried in a suit, I don't have one. If they make a, a burial suit for you, do you know that suit has no pockets? Because you don't need them. <laughs> it's just the way it is. The Bible says that when we give we're making an investment. 1 Timothy chapter 6, use your money to do good. Always be ready to share with others whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven, which is the, watch this, is the only safe investment 
for eternity. Even Jesus said, don't store up down here on earth where moth and rust will corrode and eat it away. Rather, store up for yourself in heaven. And that's what he says. It's the only safe investment for eternity. And they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. So he says generosity is blessing your life down here. It's making you fruitful down here. And you get to double dip. You get the blessing of fruitfulness here and the blessing in heaven. I, pr I promise you that there are people in heaven today that wish they were more generous. And when you get to heaven, you're going, right? How many people here are going to heaven? And if you haven't made your reservation, I'll encourage you to do that today. Call the reservation number, J-E-S-U-S, -S, and say, help me, Jesus. The guy beside Jesus on the cross just says, remember me. He said, you're in. Put your faith in Jesus, and you'll go to heaven. And when you go to heaven, I do not want you to hunt me down. And shake me. And say, Scott, you never told me. I'm going to say, oh, let's get the CD. It's, it's, it's an investment in eternity. And the Scripture says it's the safest investment you can, you can make. Ecclesiastes says, give generously and your gifts will return to you later. And when we talk about generosity and giving, the, the big thing is, is that we want to encourage you to be blessed. That's part of our teaching. God wants to bless you, but he wants to bless you in order to make you a blessing. So let me wrap this up with this thought that we really want to encourage generosity and grow in generosity because generosity and giving blesses me in return. It's not, and when we talk about generosity and giving, I know that some people may feel like we're after something. And it's not that we're really after something from you. It's not we're trying to get something from you. We're actually trying to get something to you, to discover this principle that is so contrary to the world we live in, but such a blessed principle. We're not trying to get something out of you. We're trying to get something to you. The Bible says, Proverbs 22, generous people will be blessed. Maybe we should all just, just think about that for a moment. Generous people, it's a promise. Here's one of the promises. Generous people will be blessed. And, and God will bless you in ways you probably can't even imagine. He can bless you by increasing your income. Have you ever had that happen? And just, wow, there's an unexpected blessing or an increased uh, job promotion or, or somebody just all of a sudden. Have you, have you ever had unexpected money show up? How, how many people in your life have an unexpected money show up, okay? If you didn't put your hand up, you should be praying for this. Seriously. That could be one of the ways. Lord, in fact, I'll pray it in front of you. Lord, I am ready for some unexpected money to show up. 
Do you, do you know? I'll tell you what I do. When I walk along the street, it doesn't matter if it's a penny. If I see it on the street, I pick it up. And as I pick it up, I say, money is coming to me. Try it. Just put a penny on the floor. I'll pick it up. So he can, he can bring, unexpe- I guess that would be unexpected money. Now, if I was really well organized, we'd have the lobby filled with pennies on the way out. You go, oh, God already answered the prayer. So he can do it by increasing your income or decreasing your expenses. And you, you may not even know when that blessing is happening. Uh, he can cause stuff to not wear out. The Bible says there were some shoes in the Bible that miraculously didn't wear out. Maybe your washing machine, just, it just goes and goes and goes and goes. Just keeps on going. You go, wow. At our last location as a church, we had some miracle air conditioners. They kept telling us, they would come and say, you've got to get rid of those air conditioners. They're going to die. And we didn't have money. And we kept praying over them. Oh, God, help our air conditioners. And they were miracle air conditioners. They worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. So God can bless you, you don't know, increasing your income, decreasing your expense. How many know when you live healthy, it's much less expensive? I'm serious. Like one, one little thing. And it can cost money. And so he can increase your income and he blesses So that's his promise. This promise from Deuteronomy 15. Give generously and do so without a grudging heart, which is what I say. Don't feel like anybody would be twisting your arm. And when you do this, you do it because this reason, because the Lord will bless you in your work and in everything you put your hand to do. And that's the kind of life that we'd like you to live. In fact, for, for 23 years, we, we talked about becoming a tithing member, a tithing part of this church. And we offer, for 23 years, we've offered God's guarantee, which is, because it's hard. I know, I know when, you, when you start thinking about, oh, my goodness, tithing. And some people literally say, Pastor, I could never do that. And so I get that. I say, okay, well, l- let me just give you God's guarantee. We've offered it for over 20 years. That if you will tithe for 13 weeks, that if at the end of 13 weeks you are not experiencing God's blessing, there's a money-back guarantee. You say, really? Yeah. Now, we've never had somebody come back and go, that didn't work. Now, it's not always like a huge financial, but by the end of 13 weeks, they go, I can see the fingerprints of God blessing my life. Now, we've had a number of people that have said, I wish I would have done this earlier. So it's just a guarantee that we offer to sort of sort of help people. And, and I know maybe a tithe, which is a 10%, just start with something. Give with a plan. Plan every week. This is what I'm going to give. We have these cards on your, um, on your seats, Kingdom Builder cards. And they're only, we do this once a year. Uh, once a year, we just ask you to pray. Lord, over the next year, what kingdom builder activity could I get involved in above and beyond giving? And we don't tell you the amount. We just say, just pray. 
and obey. Some people have had large amounts, tens of thousands of dollars, and they've made a faith promise. Some it's been smaller. It doesn't, it, it's between you and God. We just ask you to pray once a year, Lord, what offerings, especially in this Thanksgiving season, what offerings should I be praying? And a faith promise doesn't mean you have the finances. It just means, if God, if you give me these finances, I promise you by faith that I'm going to give these finances to you. And that helps us. It helped us do the kids' center that's down there that kids are enjoying. It, it's helped us to get the parking that's going in and it's going to be done by the end of this year, which we're going to need. Uh, we've been working on uh, updating our technology. We're still doing that. We've invested $100,000 in, in technology, and we're, we've got another $150,000 to do there. And we do that so that we can establish an online campus. I know we have Facebook Live. Maybe you're watching that way now. We'd like to get an online campus because people watch this church around the world. I, I met a guy this morning from Minnesota where it's really cold. He said, we come down here to escape the cold, but we watch this church because we, we, this church is good for us. And we have, we have uh, guys that are part of what's called Hope Chapel. Hope Chapel is a worship experience that very few people can go to because they're all behind bars. But they and so we've had this old technology. We have 11-year-old technology. We're updating the technology so that we can bring to them a more quality uh, ministry, which we need to do. So that's what we're going to be working on, and we just appreciate you praying. Take the card with you. Pray this week. Bring it back next week. No pressure. Just, I'm going to do this generously before the Lord. And you know, I promise you that you'll be happier. Not an amen in the house, but that's just, a, that's just the truth. It is. Jesus said in Acts 20 that generous people are, are happier. They're blessed. But it is more blessed. The word is happy. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It, happier people give than receive. It's even more happy. In fact, Carl Menninger, who is a, a scientist, founder of the Menninger Clinic that works on uh, psychology, has written that giving is a criteria for mental health. I could have you nudge your neighbor and say, this is for you, but don't do that. He, he studied this. It's a criteria for mental health. Generous people, watch this, are rarely mentally ill. Thank you, Lord, is right. I want to keep my marbles. Why does that happen? Because they fixed on a way of life. Life as it's supposed to be, and it makes them happy. Well, that's, that's the life. And if you're here today, we want you to know that we serve an incredibly generous God. So generous that he, he loved you so much that he came down to this earth in the person of Jesus. He walked this planet. He feels the way you feel. He knows exactly what it's like to be you. He went to the cross. And the divine Son of God, Jesus, gave his life, absorbing all of your sin, all of your shame, so that God could generously say to you today, you don't have to earn your way to heaven. I talked about going to heaven a moment ago. You don't have to earn your way to heaven. You, you certainly don't have to give in order to get to heaven. If you never give anything, you can still get to heaven. I don't know if that amen was good or not, but 
No, sorry. I was a joke. Sorry. It's true. You, don't, you, 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 you get to heaven because of what Jesus has done. That's how. This generous God provides it for you, and you just have to receive it. And we're going to pray that before we go today, that you would receive the generous grace of God, the forgiveness of God. And then just ask him, Lord, give me a generous heart. That's a good prayer anyway. Give me a giving heart. That's a good prayer. And just lead and guide my giving by the power and the person of your Holy Spirit and by the word of God, that you would be blessed to be a blessing. So let's pray. Uh, let's close our eyes. I'm going to lead in a simple prayer of receiving God's gracious gift, his generous gift of eternal life. That's, that's generosity. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. He gives it. And we receive it by believing in our heart and by confessing with our mouth. And I'm going to ask every person, 100% of us, from the very front to the very back, from the left-hand side to the right-hand side, to pray this simple prayer, not just from your head, but from your heart, expressing your soul to your Heavenly Father. Let's pray out loud. Can you do this with me now? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I open my heart and my soul to Jesus. Come into my life and be my Savior and be my Lord. I repent of my sins. I leave them behind. And I receive your forgiveness your love, your grace, your mercy. Now help me to follow Jesus every day of my life. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, 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 amen. That's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. It sure is. Amen. It's a good prayer. Uh, I'm going to invite us all to stand now, if you would, please. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come to the altar and just prepare to pray with you and for you. Whatever need you have today, whatever need you have, we're here to pray. And this generous, loving God has these to give to you. There are communion tables at the left-hand side and the right-hand side. You can receive communion. You don't have to be a member of this church to receive communion. You don't have to be a member of this church to receive prayer. The worship team is going to lead us, and you can just receive from His generosity. If you've been a guest here today, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you. We're glad you came. Thank you. Angela, thank you for coming. Glad you're here. Please stop by the VIP room, which is back on your left-hand side. We want to meet you, give you gifts. Just make sure we know that you're here. I'm going to pray a blessing just before you go. If you'd like to receive this blessing, I'm going to encourage you to do that. Then there's no other benediction. Come for prayer. Come for communion. Worship with the worship team. As I pray for this blessing in your life, I'm going to open my hands. This is a Bible way of praying. I'm going to open my hands towards heaven. And if you'd like to receive this blessing, you can close your eyes so no one's embarrassed. You can open your hands to heaven right now. The Bible says, lift up holy hands as you pray. That's what we're doing. So, Lord, here are your sons and here are your daughters. I pray you will bless them with your presence. I pray you will bless them with your heart. I pray you will just draw them closer to you today and every day. I ask that the plans of the enemy would be defeated in their life. And I pray that the plans of God would only increase. I pray that the God of hope will fill you with all joy, all joy and all peace as you trust in God. That you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I bless you in the strong 
mighty and majestic name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, you are very, very blessed. And everybody says, amen. Let's just give the Lord an ovation. Good to be together, brothers and sisters. Now, please come forward for prayer and for communion. Worship team, please lead us.